the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. I'm Pastor Guy, I better be ready. You know? <laughs> if I ain't ready, we're in bad shape. But I'm ready. God has done something in my heart makes me ready all the time. He's shown me His love and it makes me ready to serve Him. It makes me ready to praise Him when the praise is time to praise. It makes me ready to worship Him when it's time to worship. It makes me ready to testify when it's time to testify. And I believe some people in the house got some testimonies today after yesterday. I mean, Callan couldn't wait till testimony time. She had to, she jumped right on in there. We gave her a mic and that's what happens, you know. And I like it. I like it. That's the way we should be. I mean... Brother Nicholas here, he couldn't wait to get up there and take up that offering. He just want to tell you about Jesus. Is that the way, is that your MO in life? Is that how you go through life? You can't wait to tell somebody? I'm telling you, if you're not excited about Jesus, then you don't know Him. If you're not ready to tell somebody today about what He's done in your life, that somewhere underneath there, there's a bubbling up, and it's, it's about to come out, man. I, I don't want to look stupid, but I'm going to tell this perfectly good stranger over here what I know. If you can't wait, I mean, there's got to be something inside of you that's ready to tell somebody if you know Him. And we've been talking about that. Uh, we've got the discipleship wheel. We've been talking about knowing God. That's first, man. Hey, Got knowing God, then what? Once you know God, you find freedom. That's where the freedom comes is because of your love for Him. You begin to see a different person that He's making you. You begin to say, hey, all these lies that I have believed have left me in this mess. But I see that it wasn't like that. The whole time it was deception. This isn't the real me that I've been seeing. Even the things I'm thinking about me are not true if they're in, not in line with the Word of God. I'm just coming out of my heart for a minute. I can't help it. And so, you begin to see the real you is emerging somewhere underneath there. Hey, there, there's something different going on. Jesus is showing me things about me that my parents didn't tell me. I had a couple of school teachers said this good about me or that good, but most of them said this. And No, I'm going to begin to learn what the Word of God says, and that's going to change me. It's going to set me free. It's going to open my eyes to the truth, and I'll come out of the darkness. You know, when you open your eyes, you come out of the darkness. You open your eyes to the truth, you come out of the darkness. And then you begin to discover your true purpose. It's all on that discipleship wheel, honey. We've been talking about for two or three weeks. Discover your purpose. Oh, that's when it gets good. What am I really here for? I think some of us discovered a little purpose yesterday. I can tell you, you're ambassadors for Christ. Your purpose involves the kingdom of God because you're bigger than this here and now natural kingdom that we focused on. Here until now, we focused all our attention on building this little house here on this earth. But we didn't know we could focus our attention on building an eternal house with a lot more brothers and sisters called the kingdom of God. And so it gets gooder and gooder. You discover your purpose. Then you begin to make a difference. Oh, and how your heart wells up when you see that first person come to the knowledge of Jesus because you was ministering to them, because you was loving on them, because you was giving to them. And they was like, what is this about you? And you begin to tell them. And you begin to share. And now you know. But I'm just saying all this. Let's pray before I just get completely off track. Father God, we, we thank You that You have invited us into Your home. Not only that, You have called us Your sons and daughters. You have adopted us into Your holy family. When we were wayward, without hope in this world, You came and You rescued us, and saved us out of the miry clay and set our feet on a solid rock. You showed us that there's a better life to be led. You gave us hope for the future. You gave us power for the now. You gave us Your Spirit, Your blood, Your name, 
your word, and everything else that pertains to life and godliness. You gave us brothers and sisters here to do life with. Lord, I thank you for all of those things. I could never stop thanking you. Like Nicholas said, we can never count up all the blessings that you have bestowed upon each one of us, even to this point. And we know it's going to get better. Because you are, you are magnificent. And you are limitless. And you are deeper than the deepest oceans and higher than the highest mountains. You are a greater expanse than all the universe. You are big. You are wonderful. And you look down and you love us with all of that love that you are. How can it not change us, Lord? How can your word not set us free and open our eyes and give us purpose and destiny? Lord, we love you. And we open our ears right now to hear what you would say to us. Why would we reject the good news? No, we're here today. Each person in those padded purple seats right now made the decision to be here today. They are here because they want to be changed in the presence of the living God. Let your presence be here. Let your word be spoken forth as if it's coming from your very lips today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, who's got the first testimony? I know somebody wants to share what, what happened yesterday. Come on up, Miss Michelle. We're going we're gonna to spend a, a little while enjoying what happened yesterday and reveling in it. It was so good. It was. It really was. Um, first of all, I wanted everybody to know I got home last night. I couldn't sleep. I kept thinking about those kids, the way they lived, the way they talked to each other, the way they acted. I was up to like 3 o'clock this morning. My alarm went off this morning. I said, forget this. I'm not going to church. I'm, I'm exhausted. And it went off again, and I thought, I'm supposed to be there. So I got up, got dressed, and here I am. But the main thing is getting to know these kids some of them were dirty, some of them were mean, some of them were hateful. A lot of them didn't even know the word God or Jesus. They're like, who are you talking about? And we talked a little bit. I did face painting for those of you that wasn't there yesterday. And I never, ever, ever quote scriptures because I have not dug into the Bible as much as I should have, as much as I know I should have. But <clears throat> a young gentleman here in the front row sends me scriptures every day, which makes me read them every day. <laughs> and I went back through some of those scriptures, and the one that really stands out to me is Acts twenty-one twenty-nine. Getting to know and understand someone gives you great access to their life increasing your chances to have a positive effect on them. And I think that's what we did yesterday. Those kids wow. were so happy and, and joyful, and they were like, now I know who God is. And I'm like, just take a minute and pray. Pray for the good things that you do have, not what you don't have. And they went away pretty happy. So, um, and Miss Anita knows, I just love being there with the kids. I'd do it every day if I could. I really would. But um, thank you, Miss Anita. <laughs> but that's all I wanted to say. It was just an awesome. It was just awesome being out there yesterday. Thank you, man. I love that verse. What is that in the Message translation or something? In LT. That's awesome. What is it again? X. Twenty-one twenty-nine. That's what went on yesterday. Man, just think about that. We think we got to send missionaries off to some foreign soil somewhere to find people that don't know about Jesus. And she's saying right here, right now, that there's people right around the corner that never heard the word God or Jesus. Man, I'm glad we were there. What about you? Talking about bringing some light into a dark situation. And they're just people just like us. They needed to know. They need, so at, there was a point, I was 32 years in the dark, so I needed to know. Who's, who wants to go next and share something? Miss Brenda, you want to sit there or you want to come up? Okay, come on up. 
<laughs> and I'm going to do it without oxygen. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> Look, y'all, I don't really like to get up in front of people a lot. But I got to tell you, God's been so good to me. I can't. Oh, Jesus, help me, God. If you knew my alabaster box, you'd know why I shout. You'd know why I yell. You'd know why I get excited. You don't know where I've come from. If you knew where I'd come from, you'd understand that I can't, I can't contain it. I'm so, I can't help it. Yesterday, I, I was told, I was told three or four years ago, I had a heart attack, okay? Overworking too much, you know, smoking like a smokestack. Five packs of non-call, palm oil filters non-stop a day, unfiltered a day, back-to-back -back chain smoking. Well, it, you know, this is God's temple. When you're his child and you know the good good and you don't do it, well, guess what? You're going to reap what you sow, <laughs> you know? Anyway, they said I had COPD and I lost half my lung capacity. Now, I don't even think I need this. <laughs> no, we want to record it. Please. But it won't. We want evidence. That, uh, but, uh, oh, dear. Well, I'm living evidence. But anyway, uh, <laughs> y'all forgive me. I'm sorry. But I want to let somebody know in here for the last several months because the doctors say, <laughs> who cares? But anyway, they said I had COPD. I lost half my lung capacity. They wouldn't put me on oxygen at night and take these pills all through the day. And I said, oh, Lord, no, I'm not going to turn into a walking pharmacy. That ain't going to happen. You're my great physician. So be it. So I said, y'all going to come get this machine because it's making my nose bleed. I don't like having blood in the tube when I wake up every morning. So anyway, I called and said, y'all, I appreciate you, but you come and get the thing because I don't need it. Give it to somebody that can use it. <clears throat> Anyway, when the humidity got like it was the last few couple months there in the summer, that led me convinced you can't go out there. You're going to pass out. You're, you're going to have a stroke. You know, you don't have no oxygen. You can't do that. But my heart's out there. My heart is out there, and I know there's people in this room whose heart is out there. And you've been letting lies hold you back. And I made up my mind. When the Lord told me, cut the cord, some of you were here that night when I said that. He said, cut the cord and separate. Separate. And he told me that he wanted me to get out there again. I said, Lord, I'm going. And I told you, some of y'all, I said, I don't care. I'll just bring my, my, my uh, inhaler. And if I get to where I fall out, I'll just take a puff. And if I fall out anyway, then y'all lay hands on me and I'll get up and keep on rolling. But I want you to know, I walked out there yesterday. I, yesterday morning, I sat there at that table, little pastor, and I said, Lord, I said, he said, I want you to take communion this morning. I hadn't taken communion in a while. And I said, Lord, I want, okay, I'll take communion. Because I believe in healing comes through communion. Because God taught me that a long time ago. And I took my communion and I said, Father, I accept my new lungs as I take this communion this morning. In Jesus' name. And I'm going in you. And I want you to make me able to stay out there in that heat all day. Because I hadn't been able to do it in months, you know. And so when I went yesterday, I stayed out there all day. I had to find a shade tree, but I was out there all day without oxygen. Amen. Praise God. So if any of you are in here, don't you let the lies of the devil hold you back and keep you down. You take the first step of faith and God will take you the rest of the way. Amen. 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 Callan, somebody has got you beat. <laughs> Y'all know how this thing works, right? The, the ball here is where you talking to it. You see the difference. <laughs> doesn't work out here. I've got this one, but this one doesn't work out here.
<laughs> you were right. You should have just set it down. Cause it, <clears throat> All right. Who wants to go next? Come on, Miss Miranda. I don't think I need this either. No, no, no. Okay, as some of y'all know, um, I teach at the school that all of these kids attend. It's K-5. So um, if they're in kindergarten through fifth grade, then they go to my school. Um, I taught kindergarten for two years and third for one, so I saw a lot of kids that I have. Um, that Those kids are my heart because they don't have a lot. But um, one of the kids that was there, there's a picture of me and him in here. Um he, our school failed him his first year. He had to repeat kindergarten, and it was just a big mess. But um, he's really hyper. He can't sit still. He can't concentrate. And um, my first year there, me and two of the other kindergarten teachers shared him. That's how much of a distraction he was to the other students. So he would rotate out and in. Um, when we first started going there for the books, he told me um, that he didn't know who God was. When I asked him who Jesus was, he was like, who's that? I don't know. So then um, we he ended up having to go inside before we could talk about it. But yesterday he was out there during your message, and he prayed that prayer that you prayed. And so now I know that he's saved at least, and he has heard it. So um, us going out there, there it is. That's, yeah, um, he's so sweet, but he is wild. <laughs> but yesterday before we left, he asked if we were going to come back, and he was sad that it was time for us to go. These kids are happy with whatever you give them. It doesn't have to be a lot, but they don't have a lot. So food, snacks, attention. Um, they don't have positive male influences in their life. So seeing the men out there playing basketball with them was like the best thing. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I see these kids, and they're good, they're bad, and they're worst. We see their parents at their absolute worst. Um, but these kids come to school ready to learn and love, and I'm not able to witness to them in the way that you would think. I cannot share the Bible with them, but it is my goal to show them Jesus Christ through loving them every single day. I've known since I was a child that t being a teacher was what I was supposed to do. And I have, the politics of education really affected me my second year. And I prayed to God. I was like, God, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this anymore. I want to move to another school because it was so bad in there. And God said, it's not time. And I feel like he has me at this school for a reason. And yesterday, that was why. I mean, I see that they need a positive. And they need somebody to show them the love in any way they can. And so, I thank y'all for going there, even though it wasn't for me. But it really meant a lot to me. So. <laughs> Who else would like to share? Y'all mind if we just do some testimonies today? This was awesome. We got out there and the kids, they wanted to be held. They wanted to be hugged. They wanted to be, they just wanted you. They wanted your attention. They wanted your love and they got it. Now, I was the one that lost her keys, and kind of had to. I had to go back and get keys made. And when I got back there, there were parents or adults on the sidewalk, and they came up to us and they said, "Please come back. Y'all did an awesome job." There wasn't a lot of parents there, but they were on their porches listening. They knew, and they were so happy that we came and took time with their family. They were awesome. I just wanted to say that they did come to me and ask us for to come back. 
that our work wasn't, you know, just the kids and that was it. The parents, the adults, you know, the young adults, all of them, we touched a lot of people's hearts. Amen. That's what this is for. If you were there yesterday, you know I wasn't talking like this. I was saying, hey guys, come on up. It's time to listen to the word of God or it's time to sing for Jesus. I was, he's cutting me down back here. I heard you, man. I'm working that volume. But it's, you got to get loud because I wasn't just speaking to the 15 in front of me. I was speaking to the apartment complex. You don't understand. Yeah, see, see, there's 15 over there, but I'm not even looking right at them. I'm looking at the apartment complex because this right here and these speakers allow us to speak because half of them are over there. Well, I'm not going out there. I don't know who those folks are, you know. They're very hesitant, very reserved, but they're sitting on their porch listening. You don't know how many people are sitting on their porch listening to you at work. They're hesitant. They're not going to ask you a question, but they're watching your life. They're trying to evaluate you. Would they be safe place for me to go and ask a question about God? Right? I want to say a particular thanks to Miss Kathy Calfee, who started, whose heart was originally for this apartment complex, who started the sidewalk stories. We already had a relationship when we went there yesterday. I asked those kids how many of them had, had received a book from us in the last few weeks, and I think almost all of them raised their hand. We have built a relationship. And you know what? We're not just reaching out to one apartment complex. Next year, we're hoping to do sidewalk stories at at least two apartment complexes and do more outreaches. See, we're passionate about DeSoto County. We meant that stuff. That's not just a banner we printed up. We are our difference makers. And God is trying to get us off of these padded pews and into the action. So get ready. Who else wants to share? All right, all right. Miss Cecilia. She's awesome. Hello, Every everyone. Um, I'm going to try not to ramble, but my special time was when I met some of the kids from Sidewalk Stories. They remember me. I thought that I was going to help them. They actually helped me. Like I say, they loved on me. I loved on them. I met an older guy. I was taking pictures of all the kids with their face paintings, and he said, you want to take a picture of me, but I'm too ugly. So, therefore, we was I'm not only there for the children, we was there for the I does as well. Like I said, I zoomed in on this one, uh, when we did praise and worship, I zoomed in on this one child. He was 11 years old. And he had his head down. And the spirit just led me to go over and just grab his arm and just take it up in the air. And he was overjoyed, he was overjoyed with it. So it was a blessing for me. It was a blessing for me to be there and to be an impact on everybody that was there. Thank you. Thank you. Who next? Jumping Johnny. I ain't jumping down. I went with Tom Friday. And as we was passing out flowers, I was knocking on doors. And man, a couple of them doors come open. I can smell that marijuana coming from out of there. And I, I know I know these kids are doing about food because of God. I used to get drugs from there when I was doing drugs. And uh, I know there's a lot of drug dealing and stuff going on in there. And a lot of these people on drugs, the parents and stuff. And I know they were buying drugs before they buy food for the kids and stuff. And, and I just felt like it was a blessing that we could feed them and everything. And I even called pastor up because I, put, I keep my refrigerator low. And I made a big pot of chili and I put it in that refrigerator. And when I got it out, it was so cold, I couldn't even stir it up. And Pastor said, we don't have no hot plate. So I got thinking, I know it gets hot in them daggum cars, so I went and put it in my daggum car right up under the sun, had my windows open, and then I put it on that table, and it got kind of warm enough to, for people to eat. But uh, it was just a blessing. I know we planted some seeds in some of them little You planted some seeds in some of them little kids' lives. I know you did. I talked to some of them everything. A little girl smiled at me and said, I'm so happy y'all came. 
And, you know, it touched my heart to see these kids having all this fun and enjoying themselves. Even though somebody said they was mean and all that stuff, but they was raised around it. You know, and uh, their parents didn't show him good examples. But we were there to show them good examples. And we were planting seeds. I was talking to a few adults and trying to plant seeds in them and just praying for them and everything. It was just a, a blessing for me. I really enjoyed it. And I know the kids did. And that's about the best I can say. But I didn't get no chili back. They ate it all. <laughs> Joe, are you up for a reason? Come on, buddy. <laughs> test, test, test. Hello, hello. All right. Well, as everybody knows, we had a good time. I had a very good time. I enjoyed myself. I walked around like y'all would have thought I was drunk on something, but I was drunk in the spirit. It was the truth. I was just having a good time. We got to cook burgers, hot dogs. I mean, the guys, we cut up back and forth between one another, and we had a good time. But there was that same kid that Miranda's talking about is the same little boy, and we're getting ready to put a chair up. And as we go to put this chair up, there's a black bag tied on this chair, and whoever black bag that was had a bag of Doritos in it. And if it had just been any other day, I would just grab my pocket knife and just cut it off and said, here, throw it in the trash. Let's go. But I didn't. Something told me something in that bag, so I looked. I said, there's a bag of chips. And I stand, and I look behind me, and I could feel somebody behind me, and that little boy was behind me. And I said, ain't nothing wrong with these chips. They'd been open. And I handed them that boy. He didn't want to take them chips. You could feel something. He just did not want to take them chips from me. So I said, look, these are good chips, son. Look here, here. So I took one and ate one, and he eased up. That kid followed me around until we got ready to leave, and he offered me a chip. I sat there and ate chips with him before we left. But we had an awesome time. I feel like we fed into them kids. I feel like it was just a great blessing to me, my wife, as everybody here that went. It was an awesome blessing. I loved it. I enjoyed it. We had an awesome time. Even though the devil did try to beat us up, but he didn't stop us because we had safety chains on the trailer. It popped off a little bit, and Brick was there. He said, look, if you ain't never gave me nothing, just give it to me right here, son. Pick this trailer up. So we get the trailer on. We made it back safe. We had a good time, and it was a blessing. And I enjoyed it. Thank you all. Yeah, on the way back, after we loaded the trailer with about 20,000 pounds worth of stuff, uh, the trailer apparently came off of Rick's truck. And the safety chains held it on. Now, in my mind, knowing trailers and knowing weight and knowing driving down the street and knowing concrete and steel, I can picture no circumstance under which that trailer or his truck wouldn't have been severely damaged. And that's our brand new trailer, first time we've taken it on an outreach. And they, in the middle of the street, in Goodman Road, were able to pick that trailer up, all 4,000 pounds or whatever it was, them two guys right there, two guys picked it up off the ground and put it back on the ball and brought it back to the church. And we, and you can go look at it. There is not a scratch on the trailer. And the only thing is just a dent on his license plate, not even his truck, his license plate. It's incredible. Richard, you want to say a little something about that? Because Richard kind of got fired up about that. This ain't going to be easy. But I'm going to try. I'm just going to blow, Pastor. Is that okay? First off, I'm going to thank Jesus Christ for what he did yesterday. Because it could have been bad. 
Hmm. It could have been real bad, but it wasn't. And my brother was standing right there beside me. I guess the direction I'm going to go, I got to shake these tears off for a second. Pastor touched on something just then, and it, it made me think about something. He said the safety chains was on that trailer. <clears throat> that prevented the accident. God is always there with you, regardless if you think he is or not. Whether you're not doing right, whether you are doing right. We was doing right. We wasn't doing nothing wrong. I just turned the corner and for some reason that trailer popped off. I can't tell you why. I'm a walker, so I'm going to be walking. <laughs> uh, I guess what I want to go to is them chains back on that trailer again. You know, Pastor said I could flow, so I'm going to flow this morning. Right, my brother? Huh? You know, shackles can hold you somewhere that you don't want to be. Chains can hold you somewhere you don't want to be. And I know I'm getting off of the, the thing, but Pastor said I can flow, so I'm going to flow. Last night, we came back to this church. We got the trailer back here. Right? And uh, we was all out there talking. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost come up on me. We was outside. Bill McCall was standing out there with me. Some of the other people. And uh, this one certain individual, I could feel his heart really hurting. And I said, you know what? Joe, I'm fixing to go with this, bro. You hear me? I said, you know what? Enough is enough. Yesterday was yesterday, but today is today. We was praying earlier in that room, pastor's room. He was talking about freedom. And then they sing that song, Who the sun sets free, you're free indeed. Right? The shackles. I'm going to speak to the marriages right now. I'm going to lift them up. Y'all hear what I'm talking about? Because there's so many marriages in here right now that are hurting But I'm going to say this. You know what? God is good. He's always good. It's our choice to make it good or to make it bad. We are free. Jesus said we were. We are free. I'm going to keep saying it. We are free. We are free. We are free. We are free. Why? The blood of Jesus is what sets you free.
God said when you're free, that the shackles fall off. They can't hold you no longer in that bondage. They can't hold you in bitterness. It doesn't mean we ain't going to miss it, but they can't hold you no longer. It can't hold you. Not at all. That's right. Are you free? How free are you, my friend? Are you really free? Are you that free? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen, he is. That's what I've been trying to tell them. They won't listen. You know what? When you step out, I said this last night, didn't I, Pastor? When you and Miss Angie was walking down the hallway, right? And I was out praying. I saw y'all walking. I saw somebody out my left eye, right? I saw you walking down the hallway. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. <laughs> the women do like this. You throw it down and speak from 20 feet away. our strength. We're a happy people. We're a celebrating people. We're not defeated. We're overcomers. Thank you, Jesus. All the praise and glory to God Almighty. Bless His holy name. Stop looking at your circumstances. Start looking at your God. Praise the Lord. My goodness. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> I want to see somebody top that. <laughs> Woo! A little spark kindled the whole fire. Some some people around here ain't afraid to be a little spark. I can't follow that very well, but I'm going to talk about that same boy that Miranda and Joe talked about. His name's Arshon, and I had heard so much about him anyways because Miranda would come home talking about him. He's so funny, and um, he came up to me at the end, and I was kind of sitting down because I got super hot, so I was like just sitting there, and he comes up, and he's like, when are y'all coming back? And I was like, I'm not sure. I said, but I'm sure we'll be back, I promise, and he was like, 
He said, he's like, that'd be nice. He's like, people don't love us like this. This kid is in second grade. And he said, people don't love us like this around here. He said, people don't come and do this stuff for us. He said, but y'all came and nobody made y'all. And this come from a second grader. And I was like, dang, if that is all that came out of yesterday, that's enough. That whole day we were hot, we were sweaty, we were gross by the time we left. Some of us got to the point of passing out almost, like it was hot. But if that one little boy saying that he felt loved more than he ever has, he said that people don't care about them like that. And we brought that to him yesterday by just getting some bubbles and face painting and singing some music. It wasn't hard. It took a while to plan, yeah, but it wasn't a hard task to do like, man, got to paint some faces. Like it wasn't hard. And we touched lives yesterday by just going out there and being there. Like Marina said, they want attention. And he said that he felt more loved as a second grader by just a little outreach. I don't know, y'all. I almost lost it crying in front of me, but I didn't want it to. He'd probably be like, why are you crying? But he just said, like, he said, just come back. He said, so we can do this again. He was like, we want y'all to come back soon. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'll go by myself if the church doesn't go. I mean, <laughs> but anyways, I was just saying that came from a second grader. And if you weren't able to make it yesterday, I want to thank everybody who's, you know, financially supported this. We had we, uh, we had 300 on the first offering, and then we had like 600 last week. So we had $900 to spend, and uh, I think we've spent close to that on the food, but we still have a little left over, and uh, we, we might, I was thinking offhand we may do something like a blanket drive or something for this winter and go back and, and bless them with coats or something for the children or something, uh, or, you know, we'll... Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, maybe that's an idea that we can do. Maybe if, if between now and the wintertime, if you pick up a few coats somewhere at a store along with your regular purchases or a blanket or so, uh, save them up and we'll do a drive and then we'll go over there and we'll you know just show them some more love. Anybody else like to, to share? Okay. 18, 19, 20. I didn't think that I was going to be able to tolerate the heat when I first got there because I don't tolerate heat very well. But I wound up passing out drinks and having my hands on the ice out really healthy. So, but it was such a blessing. Just the passing out the food and the drinks to all those children and the adults. And it blessed me as much as it blessed them. Just, I don't know, the gratitude and the love. It's just, I don't know, that's all I can say, that, that, you know, I don't know how many times they thank me for us being there and doing that, and that's basically what I have to say is that I was just so blessed by being there and doing that, and if you couldn't go next time, you really need to try to go because it was such a blessing. It was, it blessed my heart so much. Amen. Was it this morning that little Chloe, Dorinda's daughter, said, that was my best vacation ever? <laughs> she thought it was a vacation. <laughs> Anybody else? Miss Kirsty? <laughs> How's everybody doing? 
I was really, really blessed. I usually work on Saturdays, so I don't get to, to go to the outreaches. But I was off this Saturday, so I, so I was extremely blessed. I helped with the food. <laughs> um, I, I helped with the food, and there's so many children. They're so hungry. I, I don't think they have any food at home. And they would come up and even come back for seconds. I think a lot of them even came back for, for thirds. So, you know, whatever they wanted, we gave it to them until we didn't have anything left. But I really do think that the adults that did come were blessed too, because at the very end, um, one of the mothers came back up to me and she said, I would like a water and can I get my hug now? And I thought that that was just so sweet you know, that, that she, she said that. But it was a great blessing for me to go and experience that. You know, whenever we're bringing God's love to others, it's a blessing to them, but it's also a blessing to us. And it helps us rise up to the next level. Um, also, just to, on a note for what Rick was talking about, about being free, the Lord has had me be um, say this scripture for probably about a month, and it's Romans 8, 2, and it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And, and I can say that, and I understand what it means, but there is so much more in, in that. Then I can even fathom right now, but I know that the Holy Spirit's bringing more revelation to me. But I will tell you this if you want to be free, you say that scripture. I don't know all what it entails with this. I know what the scripture means, but there's more to it than, than what's on the, the face value. And as I say it, I just have to tell you things that have been weighing me down, I have been made free. And it's like, you know, the, the, the word will. You know, I know everybody says set you free, but it says the word will make you free. There's a difference between set and make. It makes you free. You don't know how it happens. It just does. So I encourage you, read Romans 8, 2. And if you have some things that are holding you in bondage or things that have been holding you for a long, long time, just say it over and over and over again. You might not feel anything. You don't have to feel anything. But the word of God makes you free. Good preaching, good preaching. Because Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And condemnation is one of the heaviest things that you can have in your life. And so then it's the spirit of the law, the law of Jesus Christ who, who sets us free. Where the spirit is, there is liberty. We, we talked about that. So the spirit of the Lord. Mm -hmm. our, that was our original scripture that when our church was founded. There's 150 units out there, 150 units. Um, I was thinking you were talking about the chains, but you see, you can either be chained up to the things of this world and, and be headed for a collision and a wreck and a lot of damage. Or you can have safety chains that are hooked up to the right vehicle, which is hooked up to Jesus. And they will protect you from those things that can happen in this life. So it's just really, it says, you know, we used to be slaves to the world, but now we're slaves unto Christ. And see, so I, being slaves to Christ is a good thing. Being slaves to the world, uh, that's what we're running from. That's what we need freedom from. Anybody else would like to share anything about yesterday? How do y'all like testimony services? Miss Kathy? I don't know why sometimes it goes talking about this being a relationship with people and I'm afraid because we started this summer 
that we're in a relationship with these people for the long term now. We're going to have to continue to think and, and think about them and what God wants for them. And, and we're going to need to continue to always keep coming back to these people. Um, yesterday, uh, when we were getting started, and I walked around, and Amber and I walked around and, and tried to gather the people that were still hanging out on their doorsteps and telling them to come on. And we ran into a whole group of little girls. And these little girls were a handful. Uh, they always wanted to pull the wagons or be pulled pulled on the wagons or they wanted like all the books that were in the wagons and but they ran up to us and they gave me a big hug and they said it's the it's the lady that gives us books you know and they were just and and so Amber said do you have a lot of books and the girl said oh we got a whole mess of those books up in our apartment <laughs> and so I thought that was a, a fun thing you know it was really good to see them um, the other thing I had been praying for a lot, because when we did the book, um, Sidewalk Stories, we didn't see a lot of the parents. We didn't, I, I didn't connect who was a parent to a child. And really, a lot of the kids, the parents weren't even home. Um, but so I was happy to see yesterday, I was, I was praying that it wouldn't just be the children that came out. And, it was such a good thing that uh, we saw some of the parents and and got to talk to the adults there. So the the thing that I think of is this has to be long term. We can't just have done it this summer and then not do anything with these people again because they've already formed bonds with us, and so we need to reciprocate that and. Um, continue to keep them on our minds of what can we do to minister to them. Right, right. That's such, ooh. That's, that's so good. I mean, you just look at these banners and you, you see what's happening here. The Passion Church will become a name synonymous with love, hope, and purpose, and family. A place to find the real Jesus. The real Jesus doesn't just go one time and then he, okay, well that's it. He, he's not a, he, he forms relationships, lasting relationships. And so I'm not sure, you know, they were invited to come here to go to church with us today. I don't see any that did. But they're not ready for that yet. They're, they're, they're maybe not ready for that yet. But that's because there's a lot of walls there. They don't know how to treat. They're not used to people loving them. They don't know how to respond to love yet. But I can tell you, they're hungry for it. And we can't just leave them hungry We've got Jesus would fulfill that need in their life, and you see the vision isn't just South Park Apartments. That's where we're starting, but it'll be these apartments across the street or somewhere else or, or a neighborhood. For years we've been going to. I, we've probably knocked on every door in in Horn Lake and South Haven area at some point since I've been here on our outreaches. You know, just telling people about Jesus, but but these these. These things that we're doing now are getting more intense. And uh, we're establishing relationships that we're hoping that it will last forever. And we're hoping one day this church will be filled with the people from South Park. And that's how we're going to grow this thing. See, churches isn't supposed to be about, well, he's a better preacher than so-and-so, so he's still in all his members. And we're not just transplanting members from one church. Well, that church is growing because they're new and exciting and they got a softball league. You know, and all this. We're not supposed to even be trying to encroach on one another's membership. We're supposed to, Paul says, I want to go where nobody's planted yet. I want to, I want to reach out to new believers. And that's how you grow your church. That's how you grow the real church. I don't know what the, the rest of that's called. But, but we want to be a place that they find the real Jesus. And we want to reach out to, to, to everybody uh, in DeSoto County at one point or another. And we want to plant churches as we go. We want to raise leaders up out of South Park. There'll be somebody up at this pulpit one day from South Park preaching, you know, 
giving their testimonies. That's how it's done. Uh, we probably got time for one more, and then we'll probably close, or maybe two more if somebody can't. Here comes Mary Ellen. I just want to say I was real blessed yesterday. Um, it was hot, of course, but uh, I'm like, oh, I'm all right, I'm all right. It's everybody's worried about me, especially over oh, here's my mama. I was getting mama, but I was on my way home. I had a lot of people yesterday when we were serving food. A lot of people saying thank you for coming. I said thank you for letting us, for opening your hearts to us. And I, after I left, I was hot, and I went ahead to stop and get milk at Kroger. And I was so thirsty, I could have sucked a rock. My phone was ringing in my back pocket. It was a friend of mine. And I told her, she said, that must be, feel so good that you guys have touched lives or saved maybe one child, like Miranda said. <coughs> touched one life, changed one life, just by going out there and giving of your time and of yourselves. And I said, you have no idea. I said, I'm tired, but I am so blessed, and it was just awesome. And, and I, I was really, I agree, we need to go back out there. We've already, just, we've already developed relationships. But to have people thank us, no, thank you for letting us bless you. I think that's the point. I think that's what will bring them in here and fill these purple chairs. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Okay, maybe hit the mute button on the transfers. We'll <sighs> I mean, I'm sure it scared you, Mama, but I'm the one that felt it. <laughs> you know, yesterday when I left, my leg was cramping up. And I got home and I tried to go to bed, and my leg, every muscle in my my ankles and everything was cramping up. I mean, just knotting up Charlie horses. And Angie said, you're dehydrated. And I started, I started drinking some water and sure enough, I was able to get a good night's sleep eventually. Go to sleep and no more cramps. I woke up refreshed this morning. And, and you know, there's so many analogies. But yesterday, we poured ourselves out. And then we, we, we refresh ourselves with the living water. And we get up stronger than we were the day before. We, we fill ourselves up not so that we can get stagnant and have green slime in our pond, but we're flow, out of our belly shall flow what? Living, rivers of living water. Water that is pouring out. For, it shall ever come out of the throne room when Jesus sets up His kingdom here on the earth. I mean, we're supposed to continue to pour out so that we can be filled. We are... We are conduits for the Spirit and the power of God. I'm telling you, the love of God is the power of God. And when you care enough to let the love of God that's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost allow you to get outside of yourselves and your comfort zone, and you step out because of that love, that is the power of God in action. And I'm telling you, that's where the miracles are. That's, the, that's where the church is that we want to be. That's the people that we want to see. That's, that, that's who, who you are called. That's your destiny. That's you. Is that love being poured out of you until God can trust you to begin to pour in some miracles along with that hamburger you're handing out. I'm telling you. I know this for a fact. When that love is there, the power is there. Right now, we're... We're new in this phase of reaching out, sort of. A lot of new members here at the church, and, and this is, this is entry-level stuff. And, and so we're holding back and we're scared. We don't know what we're doing, but as you step into who you really are, and God is able to trust you, and you, you say, I'm not just here because the pastor told me I needed to be here. You're here because I can't wait to get to the next one. The, the testimonies that you've heard today, these people are ready to go again tomorrow. So when that becomes our life, 
the, the miracles, the legs growing out, the, the dead being raised, the cancer being eliminated. It's different just praying for somebody, but having the love of God in your heart when you pray for someone. That is the difference maker. It's the love. Yep. Well, yes, sir? He's got to say something. Be careful. Be careful. Don't you shot me. Somebody was talking about, you know, winter's coming on. I'm talking about get jackets and blankets and stuff for these kids. And I know our youth probably got a few jackets they don't wear no more. But most of us is grown. And a lot of them kids need jackets. And uh, when you pass by a thrift store, just walk in there. And if you see a, a small jacket that'll fit one of them kids, buy it. Bring it. Put it in a box somewhere around here. So uh, we can go and give them little children something to keep them warm. And that, that was on my heart when I was hearing him talk about, you know, being warm this winter. And it just, I got thinking about, you know, because there's so many thrift stores around here that's got clothes for your little bitty children. And it wouldn't cost hardly nothing. As you pass one, just, and you got an extra dollar or two, go in there and pick up a little jacket or something for the, you know, to help these children. Because they need all the help they can get. And we're here. We're a loving family. This is our father. And our father sees us doing things like this. And that's what I believe we need to do. That's all I can say. I mean, that's what I'm going to do. I was trying to discharge some of that electricity. We are a warm, fun, loving family eager to reach out with God's love to all who have lost their way. Everyone matters. And then we'll bring them in here and we'll be a hospital of hope. Amen? Amen. I'm not even going to bother giving you a mic. <laughs> Just say it loud because I'm not going to bother giving you a mic, Hugh. You're going to do it like this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,
to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.